0: Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry.
1: Hi, I'm Thierry. And I'm Adrian. On this week's episode, I had the pleasure to talking to Malik Ziniti, Director at the Cluster for Logistics in Luxembourg. So logistics are the big topic this week. Quite a timely conversation with all the disrupted supply chains in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. What can you give away to our listeners, Cherry? As Malik mentioned during our conversation, Luxembourg is not globally known as a major logistics player because of its landlocked situation between Germany, France and Belgium. While Cargolux has made headway in recent years in the air freight business, in logistics terms, Other means of transport are equally important, and Malik was the right person to talk about the C4L that was founded in 2009. Talking about Cargolux, our audience can listen back to our second episode of Season 1, where I sat down with Richard Forson, CEO of this global leader in air cargo. We also had recently on the podcast another player which hugely benefited from Malik's support, namely B Medical Systems, the global leader in medical refrigerators for vaccines. Indeed, the disruption of supply chains worldwide has been a key trigger for leading companies to seek advice from logistics specialists, especially for medical purposes, such as B-Medical Systems. In this very insightful discussion, Malik walks me through the importance of having a comprehensive network in the supply chain business and how the Luxembourg government has been consistently investing in infrastructure to promote its hinterland attributes. And this, not to forget Luxembourg's multilingual setup and the myriad of cultures present in the country. And now, without further ado, my conversation with Malik Siniti, Director at the Cluster for Logistics in Luxembourg. Malik, thank you very much for joining uh, the Luxembourg podcast. It's great to have you here. Uh, Thank you very much, Thierry. It's my pleasure. Great. I mean... uh, as someone who works in the logistics industry, it's, uh, it's good to speak to you at this current climate, but especially for people who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself?
0: In Germany, I always say, ich bin ein Pariser, but I cannot say that here. So I'm, uh, I'm married, I have three kids, of which two are grown up, uh, and I even have a granddaughter since last year. I'm born in Paris uh, as a baby boomer, and then I grew up in Luxembourg. Um, Further, I studied in Germany to become a chemical engineer in the nice city of Karlsruhe. And um, I think that uh, studying something uh, only is uh, not that interesting. So sometimes it's interesting to do something in parallel. So during my studies, I was also president of the Engineering Student Association, and even luckily, I was uh, president of a local association at the time, as a time where as a group of students, we created uh, the first Student Real in 1984, which tells you a little bit about my age. And that was the base of later the ASL, the largest Luxembourgish Students Association. Then I started my first job as a development engineer with Eurocomposite in aeronautics in Esterna. That was a young company at the time. And from there, I joined DuPont, where I
1: stayed 25 years. So born in, born in France, studied in Germany, ended up in, uh, in Luxembourg. So you've been in, in, in most countries then very internationally minded. But can you tell us also about your early career experience? And especially, as you just mentioned, your time at uh, DuPont. Uh, what year did you start with DuPont?
0: Okay, I started uh, in 1990 when my oldest uh, son was born. That was a perfect uh, time to change. And uh, I started at a time in 1990 where DuPont had 120 people working globally and it was in the top 10 of the global companies. And, and I started in a product uh, which is today rather well known, probably it was not always so well known, it's called Tyvek. And uh, this is a a, a product, uh, a white nonwoven, as we call it, which is produced in the U.S. since 1955. So it's a rather old product. And in Luxembourg since 1984, which was the first place where DuPont decided to locate production outside of the U.S. And it is increasingly used not only for protective apparel, when you see people protected by a white suit, but also in other many other applications like medical packaging. I started in the production, and I later moved to another non production, which was a little bit older, which is called TYPAR, which is polypropylene-based. And that only existed at that time in Luxembourg because the U.S. plants had been sold to other companies. And this was a fascinating first five, six years because this was a product which was used in road construction, uh, along the, the house in drainage or landscaping and actually it had been transferred to Luxembourg to be used in carpet backing, which is what we today sometimes still have in the offices but which uh, slowly is disappearing from private houses. Uh, my first job was a process engineer so it was uh, the, uh, my job was to keep quality and output above objectives. And uh, later I moved into a sales and marketing job, and that's where I realized as a salesperson, what happens when you suddenly have more demand than product is available, which usually is a good position to be in. And later we were promoted, um, uh, we promoted a product which had been invented by an Italian engineer in Luxembourg that was improving concrete Uh, Using water reservoirs. So every time I see an advertisement about the Kronbacher Brewery, I realize that that one has been the water reservoir has been produced with this product from DuPont called Zemdrain. Um, I was on very large projects like the Öresund, which links Denmark and Sweden together. Uh, Around 2000, I changed jobs. But until 2000, I saw many wastewater treatment plants, bridges and so on, um, which had to do with concrete and construction. And then in 2000, uh, I wanted to change my career, so I moved to the medical and healthcare industry. And from 2000 on, I started visiting companies that produce medical devices, which is typically a pacemaker is the most well-known probably, in the most expensive, all types of silicon inserts, anything which today is uh, used to treat person with a, what we call a minimal invasive procedure, uh, is often packaged in Tyvek. And for four years, we had a lot of fun uh, doubling the sales uh, in about five years, tripling the team in charge of those sales in Europe. And uh, then after those five years, wanted to uh, change uh, job again, which is uh, rather usual, in such a corporation. And then I moved to, uh, I obtained the job of a global business manager for carpet backing, and which brought me to Hong Kong and China, as well as to the US, where people use much more carpet than here in Europe, where it's gradually declining. And after three years of a declining business where you had uh, every year you were losing one customer and potentially also one person who was serving the market, uh, I wanted to to create something new. And that was the last uh, three, four years with DuPont where I was in new business development and we created new business. In example one, which I'm rather proud of, which is called Tyvek Air Cargo Covers, which protects. Uh, pharmaceuticals uh, and vaccines during transit.
1: Speaking a little bit about your other uh, roles and especially at the Cool Chain Association, and I think you were there between 2013 and 2015, Uh, can you give us some inside information from your time with the CCA? And also, ahead of, did you have any uh, preparations for a uh, pandemic breakout as we experienced now in the last uh, 18 months?
0: Yes, I must confess that uh, those periods where I was in cool chain were quite instructive. Uh, let's be very honest, we had uh, an ID, and I did probably the cheapest business trip ever. I walked over the street from DuPont to Cargolux and introduced Cargolux to that project, and they said, we don't need that. Um, later, we decided maybe to invite those people to dinner and re- or to lunch and rediscuss this, and uh, we gave them a sample, and, um, and that was actually the start of the Cool Chain Association because I met people from Cargolux who were in this Cool Chain Association, and they said, with well, this new product you want to launch, you should become member because you might uh, f- uh, meet your customers and eventually partners, and that's what happened. So, uh, from my first trip to Berlin to one of those uh, regular meetings, on I actually met uh, rather quickly the the, the, the person and the company who later became our became our first distributor for that product. And actually, the cool chain was a parallel, so it was not a full time job. So it was I was basically treasurer of the cool chain association. We had be, large be annual activities uh, to promote cool chain. Uh, obviously, I was quite uh, happy that the cool chain association had been founded um, years before here in Luxembourg, because that wasn't it was a European association, so it wasn't that well known. And uh, I became treasurer, actually, because I realized that I was uh, starting to invest more time in conferences and activities. But then I learned basically a lot of, I I met a lot of people there. I got a lot of visibility and exposure in conferences, pharmaceutical conferences. Uh, And I met some some partners there who uh, I still call friends today. Uh, So... Uh, what op- often happens in larger companies is when you invent something new you will not hire a person who knows how this market best works um, DuPont was rather more of a scientific engineering company so they expected you to learn what was necessary so you were thrown into the cold water and hopefully learned to survive and to swim and that's the way um, in most of my new jobs I started to learn what was required and. the product and knowledge technical knowledge of the products and coming with a technical background obviously it was always important to be able to sell your product in a short sales pitch understand the technology even if later uh, you know
1: pricing and volumes and logistics became more important and coming now to your uh, current position then and with the clusters or for logistics in, in Luxembourg, can you tell our listeners uh, why the C4L uh, was set up and also what its core mission is? So the Kuchin Association is hosted at the Chamber of Commerce.
0: It's uh, an association which, uh, which uh, objective uh, was to support the diversification of the Luxembourg economy, particularly after the last recession of 2009. So, Minister John O'Keeffe, Minister of Economy John O'Keeffe at the time, and uh, the director of the Chamber of Commerce at the time, Pierre Gramigna, were basically the two co-founders of this association. Uh, particularly also because uh, the Minister of Economy wanted to transform the former American hub in the south near Batobordudange into a logistics freight village and a logistics hub. And uh, so they had this this nice view, they had a few hundreds of hectares and they said, we don't know enough about logistics, Uh, let's make sure that we find, create an association where we have all the major companies involved who are knowledgeable about this market and they tell us as authorities and government uh, administrations what we need to do to strengthen the business. And so over the last 10 years, the cluster for logistics with about 100 members of different origins uh, representing all four uh, modes of transport, so road transportation, uh, rail transportation, inland navigation, and also air freight, which I have a lot of sympathy for. uh, Those four uh, actually are handling products which sometimes do not even touch Luxembourg, and probably we can discuss about that later, but that's probably a big trend in the future, to digitize even more. But at that time, it was about infrastructure. So Luxembourg invested a lot and supported private investments into almost 300,000 square meters of warehouses that have been in the meantime built, that have attracted new customers, and it has helped our companies to expand and grow. Uh, Also, uh, the government supported uh, creation of a well-renowned Master of Supply Chain that was created in partnership with the MIT from Boston and the University of Luxembourg and attracted experts in supply chain to Luxembourg. Um, So today you can study uh, with really one of the top, top Masters of Supply Chain here in Luxembourg. Uh, When I joined in 2015, young people could not really be trained or learn the job of a logistician or a supply chain guy. And uh, so since 2015, we developed a program, which were at high school. You can now become a logistics technician in what we call a vocational training, which I like very much for the young people, because that means they are three days per week. They are at the employer and two days per week. They go to high school and we are in charge of bringing in the teachers who train the different modes of transport. So the mission of Luxembourg or of the cluster for logistics was putting Luxembourg on the European and also the global logistics map, and I think that is achieved, but now there's still a lot of work to do to innovate and to digitize, as our slogan is to create value across all transport modes. And um, so to create value, you really need to find uh, new business models
1: and uh, try to work as efficient as possible and work the data. And with one of your, your missions, obviously attracting new members, uh, and I will come to that question in, more specifically in a, in a minute, but while everything is more digitalized uh, it, you know, in, in our everyday life, Would you attract potential members to join uh, the clusters for logistics, uh, even though that they don't have to have a base in Luxembourg, but it could operate from Luxembourg? Because assuming uh, a transportation from A to B by any means could be operated and managed from Luxembourg, let's say, but it's between, let's say, the UK and China, as an example. Is, Is that part of the mission or not? We
0: have a, a job separation, let's say. We've split the jobs. Uh, so our role as a cluster of logistics is to promote Luxembourg as a place to promote our members. Uh, a good a good third uh, or more of our uh, finance comes from the member memberships. So uh, we have to, to bring something that has to be value for our members, otherwise they wouldn't pay a membership. That is one of the things which differ differs between the clusters which are reporting to the Lux Innovation, which are usually more uh, financed through the Ministry of Economy, uh, whereas we are self-financed with uh, a big uh, support of the Chamber of Commerce, obviously. Uh, So to answer your question, we make sure that we try to show our customers that we can help them with our network, uh so i haven't given up with one company which is member since a few years which is from quebec from montreal which are is very successful and which i still hope one day will relocate but relocating companies or attracting companies uh, from from an economic point of view is more the role of the ministry of economy uh, we try to attract partners for our members so whenever somebody would contact us we would try to help them to find the right partner the right business partner in Luxburg. That's what we see as important. That's why we promote also the activities of our members. I give you an example: B Medical is a very successful company since last year because they were uh, one of the company providing minus eighty degrees freezers. You had Luc Provo on one of your podcasts, and uh, they they became member also this year because they realized that the supply chain will even be more important than in the past when they were supplying basically to to Africa and Asia, and now they're supplying to all over the world, so they need to strengthen logistics. We have uh, an interesting company, which we hope we will keep here in Luxembourg, which is called Shipstar. It's one of the very successful startups, which we accompany since about five years, created by former Kuno Nagle, supply chain experts, and uh, I think they've grown very very much last year when digitization started. this would typically be the type of jobs which will be created in Luxembourg in future with some of our members who actually can be seated, can be sitting anywhere, but will try to look for an attractive field, enough languages and a good business environment and and, and that's how we track so. Uh, We we, uh, like to have members who are based in Luxembourg, but if somebody intends to come to Luxembourg, we are there to
1: help. And what are the requirements for potential members to join? Our members
0: should be interested in the development of the market uh, and competences in Luxembourg. uh, Because that's the original idea, I think it was Peter Drucker who launched the idea about clusters. It's really to do, to be in competition eventually with one another, but in that way to be more successful and more competitive versus uh, other countries, other places, other locations. So our members, whoever is interested to join us, should be somewhere linked to the supply chain market. They should be based or have the intention to be based in Luxembourg uh, to have a location here. Uh, We collaborate across different activities and working groups So that's what we would expect them uh, to join because that's the purpose of a cluster organization. I'm only the moderator. Uh, The expertise is with our members. They should be interested to network, and that's definitely one of the major causes why we win new members. Uh, They need to pay their membership fee, which is about €1,200 per member unless you want to be a premium member that pays €3,600. Uh, we have a special uh, deal for startup because we think that startups uh, are great to give new ideas, new business models to our established members. And uh, all in all, I think uh, we would like to, uh, people to be satisfied with participating, um, not every year, but regularly in our events, in our conferences, which is, I think, the, the beef around the bones of our activities.
1: Important in the logistics world is obviously uh, the word OTIF, on time and in full. Do you have any feedback uh, from from your members or, or clients how challenging that was uh, during the 2020 pandemic? That is really an excellent question. I must say
0: that I accepted uh, the job as uh, being in charge as a cluster manager, director of the cluster for logistics, because I knew that during the 25 years where I was in sales or marketing, they kept my promises. So when we promised something which was manufactured or supplied from Luxembourg, our Kuhn-Nagel, Debeschenk, CLA, whatever you call them, Transalliance, they made it happen. Last year was obviously for everybody so volatile that it was not easy to forecast. So a year ago, we were actually trying to persuade people not to send all their drivers home in uh, short work but to maintain capacity to make sure that uh, uh, not only food but also all, all other industrial goods if the plants were not shut down that they could continue and uh, so I think that the mentality on uh, in time and in full was changing but even now Uh, We still see a lot of effects over the last 12 months because uh, we see a lot of uh, struggle with people to obtain products which they were used to easily buy and easily plan and easily forecast. And actually, it's a a perfect time for uh, experts and consultants in supply chain to help people to really look at uh, things like artificial intelligence to better forecast the estimated time of arrival Everybody has seen the U.S. Channel uh, incident and impact. We've seen that uh, Cargolux has had a great year because they were often had often to be used not only for PPEs for the protective apparel and masks, but for many many other goods. Where suddenly four to six weeks by boat were not good enough. And where the train option, which sometimes exists, for example, from China to Europe, uh, wasn't uh,
1: available anymore. Luxembourg um, is a very strong player, obviously, in the air freight industry with cargo locks, as you mentioned earlier. But how can Luxembourg be an overall major player in the logistics industry uh, in an ever-changing world?
0: Yeah, Luxembourg is not the first place which comes to mind, um, as some people told me when you're sitting somewhere in India and you're looking at a landlocked country and you say, where is the harbour, where is the sea? Because Some people in other continents, they look at harbours and they look at locations which have, uh, uh, which have a harbour. So nonetheless, I think that Luxembourg has been able uh, to differentiate and use its landlocked uh, interland location in a very smart way. Uh, obviously, the first industrial companies who embarked here fifty, sixty years ago, uh, who produced products which were not used at the uh, internal market, but always globally. I'm talking to from companies like uh, tire manufacturers like Goodyear, or steel manufacturers like Oslo, or all the different products of DuPont, EAA, uh, Guardian Glass, and so on. So there has been a very robust uh, backbone in logistics with very ex- very experienced people to start with it was uh, what the challenge was to use the fact that people started to outsource to say I'm not an expert I don't want to handle supply chain can you do it for me and uh, luckily some companies discovered uh, and came to luxembourg for that that there was nice market to do that they learned how to do supply chain on behalf of somebody else. That's the DB Schenker, the, the, the Kühne Nagel of this world. And uh, they uh, use this this knowledge now to also serve other customers who were not based in Luxembourg in a much more professional way. We have a one strong fold, uh, which is the airport airport achieved uh, one million tons of freight uh, with uh, the 30 planes of Cargolux and and, and all the other player airlines which land here. Uh, It's goods which are exchanged between 90 locations with a very strong Chinese hub function recently. And uh, for people just to imagine what is a million tons, that's between two and three million pallets which are flown around the world. So. Those figures were almost achieved in 2007 before the recession came, and it took almost 10 years to come back to the same volume. Um, And to compare it, uh, this is half the volume which you have in capitals like Paris, Frankfurt, or London. So air freight has already an over-average representation. But uh, as I mentioned uh, to start with, all the industrial companies, uh, they had uh, an open and global market. And the fact that one customer service or one supply chain office in Luxembourg can address your needs across Europe or even across continents in whatever language you need uh, and whatever cultural understanding you need, that's rather unique. And I, I claim it's much more difficult to find in Frankfurt, perfectly uh, people perfectly speaking French uh, or in uh, Paris, uh, people perfectly speaking German or in London people perfectly speaking German and French and Italian and Spanish and so on. So that makes Luxembourg very unique and very, that's a strong people's business and, um, and that has further increased because Luxembourg is attracting a lot of people internationally. That's why companies like Amazon or Ferrero or Vodafone, they are in Luxembourg, they use those international folks and uh, I mean, if you think that only Amazon itself has two thousand people here, uh, with many different cultures and from different countries, you can see that that is the unique position which gives uh, Luxembourg a strong global perspective. Which is, and we, which we still need to reinforce.
1: So, with the international uh, trade that is happening, we see a lot of logistics companies worldwide shipping items uh, or or cross shipping items uh, around the world and with that there are a lot of environmental challenges to become more green and a more greener society what is the clusters for logistics and especially its uh, members and partners roadmap to become greener then yeah, I think
0: that the fact that we have a government which since uh, longer also has the Green Party in government makes that this is a, a subject which has been addressed uh, many years ago. So uh, the base trade of, of goods today, for example, many products coming from Asia, the base trade is, is both. And, and that is a, one of the best environmental-friendly product which you can use. But uh, even with a boat, you never bring it back to home to the people. So there's always uh, a land transportation involved with. And I think that's why around 2014, the cluster for logistics, initiated by the Ministry of Transport, they started to investigate how green logistics could become a more important subject for its members and they identified a community based in the Netherlands who had a program created by a foundation called Connect that had already expanded into Belgium, and it was addressing and and, and giving an answer to the question, how can we achieve 20% carbon dioxide savings by 2020 if we do not start now? And actually, uh, now we have to ask the question differently. We have to say in Luxburg, Uh, How can we reach 48% less carbon dioxide by 2030 in the internal consumption in Luxembourg if we do not start today? So this uh, one of the programs with Cluster for Logistics did with uh, some of their most important members in the beginning was called Lean and Green, and uh, we are looking beyond the Lean and Green, which is a Program where we form people, industrial setups to look at their supply chain and transport and try to save twenty percent, thirty percent or more, in uh, with a dedicated program, a dedicated action plan, and the achievers they get as a recognition, they get awarded a star, a and Green Star or a Double Star. So in Luxembourg we have a dozen companies who have done the program in Europe. It's about six hundred companies. Uh, in Luxembourg, we're quite proud that 50% of the participants have achieved uh, their goal, which is what at least 20% savings. And um, we hope that uh, those members who have achieved will continue to look for 30% and more than 30% carbon dioxide, because the, the Dutch Minister of Environment said that the Lean and Green program was one of the lowest investment compared to what it had what it could achieve in savings for climate fight to fight the climate change, uh, but I have also to say that um, the process is one thing. The truck technology, investing into new trucks, that's what a lot of members already do, but that will not be enough. So we probably have to find new ways of looking at uh, new technology like hydrogen, and uh, and and that will not happen on its own. So here, investment subsidies are required uh, to have a roadmap for the logistics and supply chain from Luxembourg across Luxembourg for the
1: next uh, years till 2030. In in general then for companies who want to join uh, the cluster for logistics or any members of the public finding out more, what can they do? How can they contact you or, or where can they find more information?
0: Yeah, we have started to be rather uh, visible we believe at least uh, in the social Network. So obviously, we have the classic webpage, uh, which is uh, www.c4l.lu. So it's a Luxembourg webpage where you can see our events and you can subscribe. You can subscribe there to a monthly briefing, which is uh, rather broadly uh, taken note of, where every month you get a briefing with the 2025 most important news in our sector. Uh, We call that the monthly logistics briefing. Uh, We've started uh, to do podcasts where you can learn more about the people and the jobs in the sector. And uh, yeah, that's the way where you can. uh, Obviously, we have also quite a a strong network now on LinkedIn, either me personally or or, or also the cluster for logistics, LinkedIn, which is typically the easiest way to get into contact with us.
1: Well, Malik, it uh, was a pleasure to talk to you and hear about all these exciting things that uh, not only yourself is working on, but also the cluster for logistics. And I'm hoping that we can speak again in the near uh, future and hopefully uh, with the pandemic coming to an end and uh, the vaccines being rolled out that uh, we can get back to business as normal and, and see all these great, exciting things that are about to happen uh, for Luxembourg.
0: Yeah, Cherry, it was really my pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me and thanks for all the interesting questions. It's good when you have to explain your business wants to somebody else.
1: Thanks for listening to the Luxembourg podcast. Please share this podcast with friends and family and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please don't forget to visit our website, luxembourg.com. And see you next time.